horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart, and I'm happy you are with us. Otherwise, I'd be a man sitting by himself in a studio, babbling into a headset with no purpose, rhyme, or reason at all. But no, you're here, you're listening, and I thank you. Well, let's set the show up for you. We'll go over our big, uh, shall we call them biggins, that are the payouts that you'll get from our uh, hits last week on the Easy Win Forms. Then we are going to bring in Joe Christofek. Now, I, I used to first interview Joe Christofek on this phone about the Arlington Million when he was in Chicago. For years, Joe worked the Chicago tracks uh, and is very, very familiar. You know, then, uh, you know, he yeah, luckily, you know, ended up at Churchill Downs. And look what followed him, the Arlington Million. <laughs> That's right, the Arlington Million at Churchill Downs. They're not calling it that. They're just calling it the Arlington Million. And, of course, a million dollars, grade one on the line. Uh, we've had a lot of wet weather in Kentucky this week, but it looks like it's heading out. Let's hope it's not heading to eastern Kentucky for our poor friends down there. But uh, so let, let's hope that this turf course that's pretty much a virgin turf course is going to be good. Now, there's only going to be two races on the turf course at Churchill Downs on Saturday, and one's a million-dollar race, the Arlington Million. The other's a half-a-million-dollar race, the Beverly D. Uh, just, you know, star-filled fields, not the biggest, so we're going to have to rely on Joe to give us some singles for some of our, uh, shall we say, horizontal betting patterns. I've got a horse I love in the Beverly D. So Joe Christofek, who you see all the time now on Churchill Downs, and of course, during the winter months at the fairgrounds, he'll be joining us to talk about the Ellington Million, the Beverly D, and maybe the Fort Larned. Uh, then we're going to go with Terry Meeks, who's the national manager of the Jockeys Guild. Uh, Terry is up at Saratoga, and he's got uh, lots to talk about. Uh, the, certainly the new race riding rules imposed by HISA are causing, um, shall we say, interesting situations around the country. And uh, I want to talk to Terry about the Jack's reaction to it and things that have happened. I know uh, personal friends of mine who are riders, and I know what their reaction is. And uh, I'm just not sure uh, about some of the things that are specified in there. Maybe Terry can clear me up. Uh, but certainly, you know, you get six, folks. That's it. Now, for the younger riders, that might be a little bit easier. But for those old guys that have been urging these uh, Volkswagens to race against Rolls Royces their whole life, those horses need a little more urging. And obviously, sometimes they get a little bit tired. They lug in. They lug out. So you need the whip. But uh, basically, a lot of these uh, older horses that get smart, they won't try unless you – Give them some urging, which is certainly one reason why the betting people like to see jockeys trying hard as they can to the wire. And now they can 
for at least six strokes of the whip. That's just one. Of course, the whip itself has changed, and we'll just talk about maybe some of the other uh, strides in uh, healthcare uh, for these uh, athletes uh, and uh, see what the guild is doing uh, to help them out. I know this would do some great fundraising things for all the research that's involved. So Terry Meeks, Joe Christofek, they will be our guests. And here's a guy I tried getting him on, but he's way too busy, of course, uh, between training horses and his uh, time spent on the airways with TVG. Wasn't able to get Tom Amos, but he was found in the winner's circle after the tail of the cat stakes at ice with isolate now hey anytime you win at saratoga springs it's cause for celebration but this was tom amos's four thousandth win and uh that is quite a it's a feat for a rider let along a jack uh, he, Tom Amos is now about 60 years old. Uh, he goes back. He's a New Orleans guy. And he came from a big family, uh, one of six boys. He said he was going to be a horse trainer, and his family supported him. But they said, you can do that right after you graduate from college, probably hoping he might change his mind. But uh, I guess it was the day after he graduated from LSU back in the uh, uh, early uh, 80s uh, that uh, he headed to the track. And he had a lot of good horsemen that guided him, uh, Jack Van Berg, Frankie Brothers. And then on the local scene, a really good trainer by the name of Larry Robidoux. And then for uh, one year, he was John Paracel's assistant. And he is Tom Amos, the man, of course, no one will forget the big win in the Kentucky Oaks from Flagfall to That's All with Serengeti Empress. Congratulations to Tom Amos. Now... Everybody's favorite rich boy, Rich Strike. Richie Rich went, according to Eric Reed, as easy as he could in a workout Wednesday at Churchill. Of course, Rich Strike is known for his uh, kind of easygoing style and loping along, looking for the rail early in the race and making an explosive move. That's certainly what our past performances show us and what we saw in the Kentucky Derby. Well, he sure wasn't lollygagging on Wednesday when uh, passing his uh, stablemate, Common Bound. He pulled away in the stretch, and he got five furlongs and 59 and two. Not too bad for a horse that just likes to run long distances, huh? So Eric Reed has him fit tight and ready to spring in the Travers. He galloped out in 113 and one, by the way, according to uh, – Churchill Downs clocker John Nichols. So uh, what uh, what he's saying now is that uh, he's probably going to go back to Mercury, relax for a day or two, pull blood on him, make sure he's healthy and ready, and then he'll probably go this weekend, uh, Saturday or Sunday, up to Saratoga, and uh, just to give him time to acclimate, because it, it's so important up there, and uh, he'll go a half mile, and then he's going to have a, a kind of a work before it, so uh, what can we say? Good luck to Rich Strike, one of the best guys in racing, his trainer, Eric Reed. So glad to hear he is fit and ready to roll. Now, uh, Spendthrift, uh, man, 
they don't waste any time when there's a stallion on the horizon. Uh, they've acquired the breeding rights to grade one Haskell Invitational winner. That's right. And Arkansas Derby winner, Cyberknife. He's a son of gun runner, folks. And let's face it, whether you're at the racetrack or at the sales, Gunrunner is leaving his mark on the breed and hopefully will pass that along to his sons. So, uh, you know, what can they say? You know, uh, Ned Toffey uh, from Spendthrift said, uh, you know, he's asserted himself as a serious sire with his first crop as far as Gunrunner is concerned. And Cyberknife is his only multiple grade one winning son having impressively won two of America's biggest million-dollar grade ones for three-year-olds in the Arkansas Derby and Haskell. So, a little while later, you're going to be able to go down to Visitor's Day at Spendthrift Farm and get your photos of Cyberknife. Well, listen, I know I'm closing in on the stretch run, so let's get to last week's races. Of course, the Whitney Stakes. All we can say is life is good. That's right, the sensational into mischief Colt, who's now four years old, trained by Todd Pletcher, uh, has uh, certainly rebounded from his trip to the Dubai World Cup, where he finished fourth for a rare off-the-board finish in his life. As a matter of fact, the only one. Came back, won the John Nayrud at seven furlongs, coming into the mile and eighth. He can't get the distance, Kenny. Well, for a while there, it looked like they were going to swallow him up in the stretch. And I really thought Randy Moss put, made a great comment after this race. Of course, uh, life is good did win the race over long shot happy saver and the third spot was hot rod charlie the second favorite he'll find the winner's circle sooner or later but randy moss put it together for life is good when he said that was a gut check for this horse so no specific plans on what will do uh from here um Todd will have him. Uh, no uh, mention specifically about his next race but we do know and in the pre-books for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Life is good is the good thing early at the windows. Uh, then we had the a million dollar Saratoga Derby Invitational and it was the well-traveled Nation's Pride. It was Charles Appleby bringing in W.T. Buick, one of the top riders in Europe, to get the job done. Nation's Pride, the Irish bred, takes the Saratoga Derby over Annapolis, who was the slight favorite. And Classic Causeway led for most of the race, got caught. Finished third. That was Frank Angst pick. And then we had the test stakes. This is always a good race. And it was upset time. 17 to 1, Wesley Ward. It's not every day you get 17 to 1 on a Wesley Ward runner. That's for sure. So uh, what can I say? Uh, 17 to 1 on Chi Town Lady. Oh, Wes Ward, I love you, man. Uh, a seven furlong race right up his alley. So we'll see. Joel Rosario, again, jockey of the week, gets another grade one win in the Longines test. Uh, of course, there was an inquiry in the stretch run uh, with Hot Peppers. It was well contested, but Hot Peppers had to finish second on the official standings. And... Uh, Finishing third was Matarea, the uh, winner of the Eight Bells and Acorn. All right. 
that was a look at some of last week's races. Now, again, uh, the uh, I already mentioned the Churchill Downs races that we're going to look at, but obviously there's a lot of good racing uh, around around the country. And uh, so you also want to check out Saratoga. Now, we're going to see a superstar here. Who it is, I'm not sure. Probably the most familiar name to most of you is Gulfport, who's coming out of an absolute smashing win in the ever-important Bashford Manor State stakes at Churchill Downs. Now, that was six furlongs after his debut at five furlongs. Now, debuted with an 83 buyer, and then came back and took an easier, uh, uh, what can I say, one by 12 and a quarter lengths, but still recorded a 91 buyer. So uh, Steve Asmussen has Gulfport, who's going for his sixth win in the Saratoga Special. You might remember a nice Colty unleashed a couple of years ago by the name of Jackie's Warrior in this race. But hey, it's Saratoga. They don't hand out the trophies when you're going to the, in the post parade. Damon's Mound, a Florida bred to be watched. Debut smashing win at Churchill Downs. Whew. 12 and a half links and 84 buyer. And since then has been working bullets, been training at Colonial, an interesting path. And uh, Gabe Sayaz will have them out on Damon's Mound. So you want to keep an eye on that one. And then let's not forget uh, the, uh, the four-star Dave Handicap. Uh, that's a grade star one going a half a million at Saratoga. Again, not a big field, but my God, the talent in here. A horse that I absolutely love is this chestnut mare by Animal Kingdom by the name of Regal Glory. She's won over $2.1 million. Right now is at 6 to 5, but we got a 5 to 2 and a 2 to 1 in here. I'll get to them. But Regal Glory right now trained by... Chad Brown. By the way, this is one of the rare grade ones in New York that Chad Brown has never won. So he's going to put Regal Glory, who is really at the top of her game right now. She's three for three this season, a grade three and two grade ones. Whew, what a classy mare. But he's buying insurance with Masson, a British bred, who's coming in here with good credentials. Uh, just missed in the Maker's Mark Mile. Uh, that, of course, a grade one at Keeneland. Then came back at Belmont for the uh, listed Seek again. And then came out in the poker. That one's a mile on the turf, just as the four-star Dave got the job done with the 96. Flavian Pratt will be back in the saddle. All right, those are the two brown horses. Should we just put a ring around them? Well... Let's uh, not do that just yet. We've got Casa Creed uh, in the race. Now, this horse draws the rail, which will be shouldn't change anything in, in a short field because it doesn't need the rail. Horse likes to come from off the pace. Uh, trained by Bill Mott, Casa Creed. The horse has already won $1.4 million. Six years old now. Uh, did go over uh, across to the desert, made two starts. Didn't get the bounce, though, in the first return. Won the grade one Jayapur at Belmont Park. So Casa Creed 
don't throw that horse out as as short as this field might be you still have to go about three deep so uh that's a, a look at the races that uh, we uh, are going to preview at churchill downs with joe christofek and with uh, uh, a quick peek at what's happening at saratoga and uh, in just a minute we're going to pull joe on just want to tell you our easy win forms didn't get a chance to tell you about last week had a really good week uh just a few days ago out of del mar i uh, had a 50 cent super high five that paid 1600 uh then absolutely killed at mountaineer we had three big scores including a, a score two days ago at mountaineer a one dollar super paid four thousand three hundred eight dollars you don't believe me that's okay a lot of people don't come on over to winningponies.com take a look at the easy win forms we put all of our picks up there and show you all of the results all right quick break and when we come back a man i used to call to talk about the arlington million when he was in chicago and now i'm going to call him and talk about the arlington million now that it's at Churchill Downs. Nice to know that they're keeping the tradition alive. I'm going to talk to Joe Christofek about what goes in to get ready for a one-day meet, trying to uh, wind a track up for such a huge day of racing that's going to be supported by a lot of other good uh, races on the card. So quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to none other than Joey Decay. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a, a gentleman that is no stranger to you if you tune in and watch the big races. Uh, when, when you're hunkered down in the middle of the winter, you look out there, and there's this smiling face at you, looking up at the fairgrounds, giving you the horses to watch, interviewing the uh, most important people surrounding the horse after all the major races. Now you see him down, of course, at Churchill Downs this time of year, while more in the spring when we get derby fever. But in a rare, rare uh, racing, this, I guess, would be the inaugural running of the Arlington Million at Churchill Downs. With no further ado, let's bring into the man I just described, Joe Christofek. How are you? I'm good, John. Enjoying uh, the summer. You know, we concluded the spring meet at Churchill July the 5th, and, you know, I've been busy between then and now, but now we've got this uh, random one day of fantastic racing in the middle of the summer, about six weeks out from our September meet. So it'll be good to jump back up in the saddle and talk about some great races, including a couple of races that, uh, as you well know, are near and dear to my heart in the Beverly D. And the Arlington Million. Uh, <clears throat> now, I, I, I at the top of the show, I, I you know, and I, I said, I said, you know, years ago, I used to call Joe. He'd be in Chicago. We'd be talking about the Arlington Million in the second week of August, usually. And 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 now for you to be presenting the track, uh, presenting the race at your new home track. Have you ever made a Freudian slip or a slip of the tongue? I mean, Joe, after so many years of working at Arlington and now to be presenting the race at uh, in Louisville, is it, is it strange or is it just, hey, this is even easier for me. I got the whole history in my head. I mean, it's strange. Uh, there's no there's no way around it. I mean, growing up, John, before I even, you know, entered the game as, you know, an employee, as a a green coat and a gold coat at Arlington way back in the day uh, to finally, you know, sticking my foot in the door, getting my first job in the press box at Hawthorne, you know, in the early nineties to being the daily Herald handicapper and doing, doing the morning line at Arlington and doing the morning line for big races like the million and the Beverly D for, you know, 10, 12 years to the position that I am now, you know, working the Kentucky Derby every year, at Churchill Downs, it's it's been a a, a a fun journey for sure. But growing up for me, like the Arlington Million was our Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I mean, all the preparation, the, all the preparation that went into it, the draw shows, you know, Mister Duchess Wow with the, the the fantastic media parties that he used to throw. You know, this is truly an international race. You know, back in the day, and you know, you had Alistair Donald and. Uh, 
you know, the crew coming in from the International Racing Bureau and reporters coming in from all over the world to cover the million and the Beverly D and the Secretariat. You know, I'll never forget those memories. And uh, like I said, it was my Kentucky Derby growing up. And, you know, it's going to be a, a different kind of memory this year, certainly a fond one. Uh, of being able to do this race at Churchill Downs and keeping the Arlington Million alive. But uh, like you said at the top, it's certainly a little bit strange. Uh, now, the Arlington Million for you, obviously, for those of us watching at home, the uh, one that will stand out forever is the 1981 inaugural edition with uh, John Henry over the BART. Uh, still uh, had to be the most uh, fantastic ride Bill Shoemaker ever put in his life. Because, Joe, I still, you know, 30 years, 40 years later, I watched the replay, and I swear to God, the Bart wins. Uh, me too. <laughs> I can watch the replay, <laughs> you know, over and over and over again. And I, I still think the Bart wins. Obviously, he doesn't. And obviously, we know... You know, John Henry, a legendary champion, two-time horse of the year, two-time winner of the Arlington Million, was a great horse up until I believe it was age nine and obviously not coming from uh, the most pristine background when it came to the pedigree or the connections, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, one of one of the all-time greats, he's a little bit before my time, but certainly a horse, you know, commemorated by the, the statue of he along, alongside the Bart that, uh, kind of commemorates the Arlington Million and, uh, you know, kind of what the race is all about. Joe, is there is there one that you were personally at that kind of stands out from you, for whatever reason, from a personal viewpoint? Yeah, there's so many. I would say one of the early ones was on Paradise Creek, one for Bill Mott back in 1994. The year before that, it was uh, Star of Cozine taking on Lure, but it was a really, really soft turf course that day. And uh, But you had two of the stars of the game and Star of Cozine and the seemingly unbeatable Lure, who did get beaten that day. The following year was Paradise Creek. And, you know, I was still young, still, you know, trying to figure things out at that point. You know, handicapping, gambling, to me, that was the... That was the priority back in those days. But I think Paradise Creek was the first horse that really gave me a sense of appreciation for the animal. I just remember standing by the winner's circle, seeing him being led in for the picture with Pat Day aboard and Bill Mott, you know, who at that point was a great trainer. And, you know, the story of his fantastic career, you know, only in the early chapters at that stage. And this horse was just the picture of what a fantastic thoroughbred should look like. And I just remember that day being like, wow, you know, how special is this? We get to see the greatest turf horses, not only in North America, but from all over the world. And it really gave me a sense of what the race is truly all about. And then moving forward to some of the other just fantastic memories, uh, Chester House, uh, the Tin Man. You know, obviously everybody remembers the Pizza Man winning it uh, because he was – in Illinois bread. And then little right. Mike, when he won in 2012, I remember making him 10 to one John in the morning line. And he went off at five to one. And I was so mad at myself. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like this horse. I'm going to show the public. And of course he showed me because little Mike, <laughs> again, a horse that had just a tremendous heart. Mike Ditka was there that year. Little Mike, of course, won the race. Great uh, fond memories of Mike uh, Ditka yeah. at the racetrack, Joe Quinville, you know, the, the stars of Chicago, came to Arlington for the million and uh, just so many fond memories of it. 
Oh, well, we got the right guy. We got Joe Christofek, no longer up in Chicago, but he, you know, he does a great job down there. You know, Joe, I've I, I worked at uh, several tracks, and I, I, I do remember being there for the last race of the last meet and then coming back the next day. And the track for the next couple of weeks gets this really nice serene. There's still action out there in the mornings, but things are more relaxed. I assume it's the same at Churchill. What's it like after you know, you, you spend these hazy days of summer and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, guys, wake up because we got two of the biggest races in North America coming here a couple Saturdays from now. Uh, What's that kind of like, like, you know, having to start the car back up again? Yeah, there's still a lot of horses on the backstretch of Churchill, so the training doesn't stop. We've got, you know, several hundred uh, two-year-olds especially. Um, You know, horsemen will stable at Ellis. Uh, but a lot of them will just stay at Churchill and, you know, travel to Indiana Grand or travel to Ellis Park uh, to race, uh, but remain at Churchill Downs uh, for their home base. You know, some of our horsemen go to Colonial Downs, which is really taken a huge step forward under uh, Joe Burns' leadership in the last couple of years to make that a premier summer meet. A lot of our horsemen go to Saratoga, you know, with the ship and win program. You see a lot of our horses uh, winding up at Del Mar. Uh, and then Ellis Park, the two-year-old racing, has been fantastic there yeah. this summer. So, you know, it, the, the action doesn't stop training-wise at Churchill, obviously on a hiatus racing-wise. But as you can see by this 11-race program, some full fields, Every purse on the card, John, is at least 120000 made in special weights allowance, uh, and, of course, the four stakes that we have. Well, uh, all right. Then two things before we look at these races are when does the action start for, for people to uh, expect to start making wagers on Saturday? And uh, as far as amenities for people, is it just you can general admission? You can pay and just come on in. Are you expecting a humongous crowd? It's going to be kind of different in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a, a tremendously huge crowd. I think you're going to get a lot of people that are sentimental for the Arlington Million that are going to travel to Churchill. You're going to have a lot of the regulars uh, here at Churchill. You know, a lot of the horsemen, like I said, you know, summer at Saratoga. You know. People have traveled all over the country, and it's just one day of racing. But for the, the, the regular fan here in Louisville, a random Saturday in the middle of August, like people aren't really used to that. So I don't know what kind of crowd you'll have of just kind of the general admission types. I don't think we're going to have like a huge, huge crowd, um, but I think it's going to be a crowd of people that are there specifically because they love the races, they love the Arlington Million um, obviously, you know, there's still some animosity with the, with the sale of the racetrack, you know, and I can't fault those people that feel that way. You know, it's tough to lose a racetrack, uh, like Arlington park, but obviously there's circumstantial reasons for it. Um, you know, there's a lot of construction going on at Churchill right now, John, with the, the renovation of the paddock, we've had to move our set from the, the balcony, uh, outside the gold room to the Aristides lounge. So there's been some changes. We had a we had a rehearsal today to just get ready because you know we were joking about this before we came on the air. This is opening day of the meet and this is closing day of the meet. So it's just kind of <laughs> weird to have a one day meet in the middle of August. Well, uh, you, you know. Also, I mean, you know, the the millions always going to uh, lure great horses. But you talked about it being up in Chicago and 
all of a sudden, uh, before it was kind of a uh, a regular occurrence, all of a sudden horses are coming from England and Ireland, and it was a very kind of it really was uh, the first and hats off to Mr. D uh, gathering of international horsemen for this competition. Of course, back then. The youngsters won't understand this. A million dollars was a whole lot of money to be running for. But in saying that, Joe, the the lure of the international horse, it's we're not seeing it in the Arlington Million this year. And as we had discussed, it, it, we've seen so many great races, but with five horse fields, we're going to see it this weekend across the country. Um, and and you. you where where does it stop? I mean, I, you pointed out that maybe we just got too many great stakes at, at once. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. I also think, you know, a lot of the best trainers have the vast majority of the good horses. So you look at Chad Brown and you see a turf stake at Saratoga with 18 nominations and he's got 15 of them. So is he going to run, you know, he'll run three of them against each other, but he can just pick and choose where he goes. And Todd Pletcher and Brad Cox and Steve Asmussen, and these guys are tremendous trainers. Hey, you know, if I had a million-dollar horse, you know, I would want to send my horse to one of these guys too, but it allows for them to kind of pick and choose where they go. If they've got three or four good horses in the same division in their barn, they're not going to run them against each other. You know, you, you look at Clarier and Pauline's Pearl in uh, Steve Asmussen's barn. They're not, he's not going to run those horses against one another. So he'll pick a spot at Churchill. He'll pick a spot at Saratoga, where if maybe the, those horses were trained by two different trainers, they'd probably run against each other a lot more frequently. You know, the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland this year is going to be phenomenal because you know that all the best horses will go in the distaff. All the best horses will go in the Breeders' Cup Classic. But the lead-ups to those races, you know, sometimes tend to be a little bit over underwhelming because you get these smaller fields. And I think that's a big part of the reason why. It's great to see this weekend the Saratoga Special Golf Board for Steve Asmussen, who was just dominant at Churchill Downs this spring. And uh, Michelle Lovell's got a horse by the name of Damon's Mound. You yeah. know, Michelle running a horse at Saratoga for the first time, John. And I, you know, I can't wait to see that matchup and I'm really rooting for Michelle. I mean, she trains for us and I'd love to see her have a horse, you know, that was legitimate on, you know, potentially the Kentucky Derby trail moving forward. Well, Joey Decay, I should have booked you for two spots on this week's show. Now I'm, I'm running kind of out of time, but I know you got your mind pretty close to who you're going to like in these two races. So let's hit the million of the Beverly D starting with the Arlington million. You got set piece who absolutely loved Churchill downs. And then you got the speedy smooth, like straight likes to play catch me if you can. Yeah, but he doesn't like to get his picture taken very often, but <laughs> you know, I mean, look at his record, John. I mean, he's lost six races in a row. He, it's seven for 21 lifetime, but he's just one for his last nine. And you look at him, he's the class of the race. He's running seven grade ones in his career. He's never missed the board. He's running six grade twos in his career. He's got two wins in three seconds. And I think nine furlongs is a great distance for him. He runs while fresh. He's been pointing to this race. Uh, I, I don't like to pick the chalk in any race, but, I also am one of those uh, horse players that takes 
what the race gives me, I think smooth like straight is going to be really tough to beat in the million. All right, you heard it from Joe Christofek, and now we're going to move to the other biggie on the card, although it's a day of fantastic racing, as Joe told us earlier. The Beverly D, we're going a mile and an eighth, grade one. This is for fillies and mares. A lot of familiar names in here, but just not a whole lot of them. Joe, when I looked out there and I saw Johnny V's taking off all his mounts in New York to come to uh, Louisville, and I went through to see who had the million, all of a sudden I started going through the other races. I really think he's here to ride Lily Pond. Yeah, probably. I mean, and Johnny V's won this race uh, two of the last three years, but both of those wins came for Chad Brown. Uh, Aiden O'Brien won this race last year with Santa Barbara, the ill-fated one who, you know, was super impressive when she won. So he's looking to make it two in a row. Lily Pond's been on the grounds here, you know, for the better part of a week. Uh, she hasn't made an overly positive impression, but, you know, it may take her just a little bit of time to acclimate. We'll see. She's a three-year-old filly taking on some older mares, which to me, you better be pretty good in order to do that successfully. Uh, Chad Brown's won this race five of the last six years, six times overall. But I don't think Rougier is the quality of some of the horses that he's won this race with in the past. Uh, Sister Charlie, the repeat winner in 2019 and 2020, standing out chief amongst those. I like Family Way, and I know she's only run nine furlongs once in her career, but it came at Churchill Downs, and she did win that race only by a head, but she had a ton of trouble that particular day. And if you look at her running lines from the last two starts, John, albeit at a mile and a half and a mile and a quarter, she's lost to Warlike Goddess and Bleecker Street, two of the most talented turf females in training right now. So as a likely third, maybe fourth choice in a five-horse field, I'm going to give Family Way the edge for me. All right, Joe Christopher, we'll be looking for you Saturday at Churchill Downs. Get down to the track, ladies and gentlemen. You might get a really good seat. And if not, check them out at a racetrack or wherever you are. Joe Christopher, thanks a million, man. I got it wrong. Appreciate you being on. I see what you did there, John. Thanks a million to you, too. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, coming up real quick uh, from the Jockeys Guild, Terry Meeks. Quick break. We'll be right back with Terry. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, guys. With a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We are 
come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to winningponies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at betus.com. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, uh, Terry Meeks has been so nice to be with us over the years. Uh, he's the national manager of the Jockeys Guild, uh, something very, very close to my heart as I've done you know, as much work as I can for them uh, with my uh, meager uh, photographic and biographical skills. Happy to do it. But uh, when you go back and look at Terry, he's like, boy, you know, it, it's not like he just got appointed uh, from some governmental office to work this job. Here's a guy that you talk Talk about working from the ground up. When I read the list of the tracks that he worked at in different capacities, Oaklawn, Arlington, Hawthorne, Churchill, Hialeah, Delaware, and Terry, here's one I want at least one story from, Liberty Bell. (laughs) You you don't really want to know, but one night (laughs) after I left Liberty Bell, um, and I went to New York to work, and... They got to a point at the end of the meet, the racing office just decided to basically burn the star list, and they almost burned down the racing office. <laughs> and they're they're having a party, and they're running through windows and out of windows and just gathering around. But Liberty Bell was a lot of fun, and you know. But again, it was the racing office was a good racing crew. They went on to do really good things for racing, but they enjoyed themselves. Yeah, that that is a neat part about racing is so many of us start out in the trenches, you know, uh, and at, at that time you did it for the love of the game. Hopefully you're still doing what you're doing, but, it, you know, your position changes. But it's so neat to see people at different levels all of a sudden, like 10, 12 years later, like, wow, it's really good to see it that so-and-so made it, you know, we were back there, you know, digging it out of Liverdale bell park and the bad weather. We never knew where we were going. And, you know, it's kind of neat to see people. And I think it's because Terry, they work hard, but nobody in this business works harder than the guys you represent. And and that is the the jockeys uh, of the world, uh, not just America. The, the, you know, I, still have that argument with people that don't know anything about racing, about them being athletes. I said, come here, here's a towel, wrap it around that pole, get, get down in a squat. And I dare you to count to 30. 
they can't do it. Can you imagine holding a thoroughbred horse for two minutes like that? (laughs) And riding a 12-horse field or a 20-horse field and weaving your way through. So, Yeah, switching sticks, changing They risk their lives every race. (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, you've done a great job in in representing them. You've got a great team that works for you. As you know, I'm pretty close to uh, one of your uh, regional reps, uh, Jeff Johnston. Jeff Johnston, absolutely. Jeff does an outstanding job, and he's been a big help over the years, you know, for us and for myself in particular. Well, it's kind of neat to have, uh, first of all, a, a a good rider that that saw the game from all sides. And the other thing, he got a college degree before he went riding. Actually, right. at the time, he was riding part-time when he was going to Iowa, and then he switched over to University of Louisville. So he, and then he was breaking horses. But what I'm saying is, is to have a guy that's got experience in the saddle and the educational background to represent the guild is, is extremely important. Just as you, you have always put your best foot forward. Now, right now, we're set with so many challenges in the saddle uh, because it seems to me, Terry, there's other people that want to tell you what's best for the jockeys. Yeah, to say the least, you know, we do have new legislation in our industry, federal legislation that was passed, you know, a couple of years ago, went into effect July 1st of, of this year. Um, you know, the one thing is, you know, we're for uniform uniform rules or uniformity. Um, we think it's very important. Not only, you know, we're not opposed to the Horse Racing and Safety Act, Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, HISA. Um, we think it's a good thing for racing, um, and we think it's important for our industry. But, you know, we have we do have some concerns. You know, over the last eight months to a year, you know, we submitted public comments to the HISA, and basically um, to the legislation, we asked for changes. We thought we were trying to be helpful. Our voices were not heard. Now, the one thing is, on a positive note, Johnny Velasquez is on the safety committee. Johnny is a co-chair of the guild along with Mike Smith. Um, it's only you talk about Jeff and our staff, but you, I can't tell you how much time and effort and what Johnny has done the last year and a half being on the safety committee every week for a couple hours a night um, to try to help do what's best for not only the riders, but our industry, you know, so it's kind of, you know, our voices weren't heard and some of Johnny's was, and if it wasn't for Johnny, you know, you know, he made a lot of progress, but still, you know, Johnny's trying to do what's, he's got the respect of the riders and he's also got respect of people in our industry, which is so valuable and important. You know, we've done trying to work with ICE over the last year or so, you know, we've made, we did everything we could to help, um, to get off the ground. However, you know, with jockeys getting registered throughout the country, now we're talking about baseline testing for concussions, physical exams, education, you know, um, of the rules um, that pertained to them in the riding. And, and also they had one riding crop, which is only one manufacturer throughout the United States, and it's more costly than the previous whips. You know, but we ran into problems the last month before July or so, the last six weeks. You know, many sections of the country, 
these rules raise a lot of concerns with the jocks um, pertaining oh. to, um, you know, the fines, the waiving, the rights away, penalties, the fine suspensions, a point system. As I mentioned before, one specific riding crop. So it raised concerns. Um, and so basically, you know, right before July 1st, you know, the board made a decision to try to get a restraining order so we can, so it wouldn't be, let's put it this way, we didn't think they were ready for prime time, <laughs> you know, come July 1st. And we thought that we, you know, we joined with the Louisiana Racing Commission, the Attorney General of Louisiana, the Solicitor General, you know, the state of Louisiana and West Virginia. But again, we just wanted to buy some time so everything would be right. And whether it be three or four months, it, um, you know, it raised some concerns within our industry. But still, there's a lot of confusion, lack of consistency, you know, not only with the jockeys, but regulators, racing commissions, stewards, you know, horsemen, you know, got concerns. Um, you know, basically right now, the only ones really being affected is the jocks and the riding crop violations. Uh, but again, I don't think they're ready for prime time. Now, just to, to, to kind of break it down for some of our listeners is uh, that <clears throat> I, I, I – let me see exactly how, how I want to put this. Um, you, it's, it's kind of difficult because you've got stewards that have to go by this new rule – but it's never been in place before. And then, like, uh, what what exactly is an overhand whip? What is a whip? What? And then, so you've got riders. Okay, I had a veteran rider approach me uh, just at a concert a couple weeks ago. I, I congratulate him. He had two weeks, that, uh, two wins that day. I said, man, he was coming back after a five-year layoff. I said, yeah, how's it? Congratulations. You know, you got yourself fit. You come back. He says, yeah. He says, but I don't know how long I'm going to be able to stay in the saddle. He says, you know, I've been riding for 40 years, and he's like, remembering to count to six every time I'm riding a horse with everything else that's going on, damn. And he hit a horse seven times. They took it down. But what was confusing to me, Terry, is so they, they eliminated the horse from the race, from purse, and they reshuffled everything. But then that horse lost his condition Right after, after he got disqualified. Uh, it seems to me that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's, it, again, it's confusion. It's confusion. You know, we had a, the use of the riding crop was changed like three times and what to, what you can do and what you can't do. Um, they just, again, this, they try to push things through. And again, whether it be July 1st, and, that, you know, I wish they would have went back to Congress or the Federal Trade Commission and said, you know, I think in the best interest, we, you know, we need to do this. I had one breeder mentioned to me just over the weekend, I'm in Saratoga, and he said, I wish there would have been a pilot study for these issues, you know, for a month or so before whatever, six weeks or whatever it may be to work and see if it does work and make right. sure. But again, there's no, there's no database, you know, there's confusion on, you know, the penalties, the toe grabs were changed. The appeal process is still, you know, we're still don't know the, the appeal process. Again, there's no centralized database for the baseline testings for the rules and penalties. Uh, we're on a phone with the steward today, and, you know, what if we don't know? They said we don't know if the jock is ruled off in one state and comes from our state. We don't know. He might be, that jockey might be ruled off or that, you know, 
we don't know. You know, there's been other parts of the country that basically said with the registration, you know, it's for covered, you know, horsemen or covered people on the backside, whether it be horsemen and veterinarians or jockeys, you know, and owners and horses. But, you know, California, Scott Cheney came out and said, you know, as long as you're showing good faith, you know, we're going to let these horses run through July. Well, and the same thing in other parts of the country, they're allowing these horses to run and jockeys to run. And, again, there's no consistency. You look at what happened at Belterro. You know, one of the first weeks, they disqualified, the stewards disqualified the horse from before, you know, from paramutual wagering. That's, you know, it was wrong. And it was a mistake, but it was an honest mistake. But, again, it's new. Um, there's association stewards working for HISA. We feel that's a conflict. You know, are they mm. going to go back and, you know, penalize the racetrack that they work for if they don't do something wrong? And, again, the other thing is, like in, you know, with regard to the point situation and DQs, we talked, you know, if you go over four times, and we'll say we're in Kentucky, and you run a horse in the bluegrass, and you, you think he's got a shot, but he hasn't got any points. Now he's running an eight- or nine-horse fields. He winds up winning the, the bluegrass. He goes over four times. The jock makes a mistake. We'll say he came from a, a small thing and he got excited at the top of the stretch and hit the horse four times. Now they're going to pay off. The stewards are going to pay off the paramutual wagers. The next day, the stewards are going to meet with that jock to see if it was for safety reasons only. Now you go over four times. They're, if it's not for safety purposes, hitting any of those ten times. You know, you're gonna, they're going to just have to disqualify that horse from the bluegrass. Is that good for the owner? Is that good for the breeder? Who's it good for? Is it good for our industry? No. Not only that, he, he loses his points for the Kentucky Derby. Right. Now, you win the Kentucky right. Derby, you win the Kentucky Derby, same thing, and he goes over four times, going a three-year-old mile and a quarter, 126 pounds, gets caught up in the emotion, goes over four times. Same thing. Next day, he's going to be penalized. He's going to be disqualified. Now, you think that's good for our industry? I don't think so. No. We had, no. There was one owner that shipped in the horse from South Carolina into Charlestown. Probably, you know, into Charlestown. Jack went over too many times. You know, he probably, it was right the first week. He was unaware of the rule. He hit the horse, no question about it, a number of times. But disqualified the horse. Now, that owner shipped up, that owner trainer shipped to Carolina. It cost him $3,000. And this little guy shipping in, is that good for our, you know, for that owner and shipping in? I don't think so. Other issues, you know, we've talked about continuing education. Now, continuing education for everybody, the trainers, the stewards, you know, on an annual basis, everybody on an annual basis, no, the jockeys, every meet, they have to come in. Now, we got that straightened away after four or five months, you know, and every time you go into a race meet, the race meets change all the time. You had to go continue the education. You know, Terry, it's, it's a story that's going to go on and on. Sad to say, my time on these airwaves isn't. You've always been great at coming on with me. I've got to do a follow-up interview. It, it'll probably be a slightly different interview in a couple of months because of all the things that have happened. So, uh, Terry Meeks from the Jockeys Guild, thanks a million for being on with us. All right. me, meanwhile, you enjoy yourself up at Saratoga, and hopefully our paths will cross in a couple of weeks, okay? All right, John. Thank you very much.
Have a good night. All right. Terry Meeks from Saratoga. Joe Christopher from Louisville. Don't forget, the Arlington Million is going to be run at Churchill Downs. Plenty of room. If you're in the area, come on down. See two great races. Thanks to those two guys. And don't forget, we got the winners had some humongous hits this week. Come on over to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. Until then, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit